0: Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, it's Eileen, your host of The Lavender Lifestyle. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Karen Cavett. So, Karen is a crafter and graphic designer who runs a successful YouTube channel and makes DIY videos for HGTV on their YouTube channel, HGTV Handmade. So, she's a graduate of the Rhode Island School of Design and lives in Los Angeles. Hi, Karen.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It's good. Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to hear your story because you've done so much cool stuff at such a young age. First off, I heard you started college at age 16. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how does that work?
1: Um, I was just two years ahead in school my whole life, and so I graduated high school at 16, And then I just went to college. (laughs) Wow. So you just started early, two years early. Yeah, pretty much. It wasn't really my decision. That's back when I was like a kid. So that was just how it was my whole life. Do
0: you think that affected like your childhood? Like you were always younger
1: than your peers
0: or how was that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was always two years younger. So it definitely was, I mean, yeah, it affected how I grew up. But at the same time, I feel like I kind of, gained an extra couple years in my 20s, because I graduated college when I was 20, and Mm -hmm. moved to San Francisco and started working, and so, you know, most people would do that at 22, 23, so I feel like I kind of got those years back. Exactly. Yeah, when I was in my 20s.
0: Yeah, I I feel like, I kind of wish I got a head start in my 20s too, (laughs) right? Okay, so I want to ask about your upbringing, so did you always feel like you wanted to be a creative?
1: I did. I was always crafty, and I was really good at, you know, like, making things with my hands and making, I don't know, all the kind of craft stuff that you do in art class um, Mm -hmm. in elementary and middle school. When I was in high school, I went to a school that was kind of focused on the arts, Mm. and they had a lot of like graphic design classes and TV and video kind of stuff, so I learned how to edit when I was a freshman in high school, and I like learned the basics of graphic design then. So I got wow. really into graphic design, and that's what I would do with all my free time when I was in high school. And so then when it came time to apply to colleges, it just was kind of obvious at that point that that's what I wanted to study. Wow, so it was
0: a pretty clear path. Man, and in freshman in high school, like, what were you editing on? I'm <laughs> just
1: curious. <laughs> it was Final Cut Pro, but we were still on the mini-DV tapes, and so wow. we had to, you know, import the footage in real time, and there was no, like, iPhones, when well, we had to turn in our work. There was no YouTube. We had to, you know, put it back onto a mini-DV tape oh and gosh. hand that in.
0: <laughs> That's, I can't even understand how that works now. Is that sad? <laughs> it's like yeah. everything is so digital that, mm-hmm. like, people used to physically cut film or mm-hmm. tape. It's crazy. Okay, so yeah, I guess you've always been very creative. You knew you wanted to to do graphic design, so let's talk about after college. Was your first job with YouTube?
1: It was. Okay. I mean, I had internships when I was in college, but my first like full-time job was with Google, um, specifically with YouTube.
0: Yeah, that's super cool, because you basically designed a lot of like the user interface. Can you just share about what you did at YouTube? and And also, I want to know what made you want to leave that
1: job. I mean, I interviewed for the job when I was still in school, so I started about a month after I graduated. They hired me as a visual designer, so at that point, though, um, the team was much, much smaller than it is now. This was in 2011 and 2012. Mm-hmm. And so the roles between visual designer, which is what I was, and like UX designer were kind of blurred. We all kind of worked on the same things. So there were two parts to the design team. There were the the creator facing sides and then the viewer facing sides, like the watch page. And that's not what I worked on. I worked on the creator tools, so mm-hmm. things like video manager, um, annotations, uh, if you've ever got Gotten an email from YouTube with uh, those like icons at the top. That was one of my last projects, oh, cool. and they're still using it. And every time I see it, I'm like, I made that, and I'm sure they send <laughs> out like millions of them every day. Wow,
0: that's so cool to see your work like everywhere. And so do you want to talk about why you
1: decided to leave that? Yeah, so, I mean, I can kind of point out a couple of my big projects that are still on the site or that Mm -hmm. people might have seen, but I wasn't, that wasn't really the type of graphic design that I was the most interested in. You know, it was kind of a crash course on web design, because when I went to RISD, it was very, um, there weren't a lot of web classes, it was very traditional, and so when I got this job at, like, the biggest tech company in the world... Mm -hmm. I kind of had to learn everything as I went for how to design for the web specifically. And it turns out that that's not my favorite type of design to do and Mm -hmm. not what I'm best at. And also I'm just not good at working under so many levels of management and working in a corporate environment. Google is like the least corporate corporation there Mm -hmm. is, and the food was great and all the perks were great, but, you know, the fact that there were so many levels of management and you really can't get around that with a company that size, it just wasn't the best environment for me. And so I left that job in fall of 2012 after a year and a couple of months, and I've been working basically for myself and working from home ever since.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool. So now you're a freelance designer, plus you have your own YouTube channel and you make stuff for HGTV (laughs) handmade. Sorry, it's so hard for me to say that. Yeah, so how was that transition? Was it scary? Like, how did you know that you could make it work?
1: Uh, It was definitely scary. So I left my job at YouTube and would have been about September. And I told myself I'm going to take the rest of the year through the end of December to like, try out just doing freelance work and working on my own YouTube channel and just see how that goes. I had enough money saved up that, you know, I could mm-hmm. support myself for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And it went fine. I really enjoyed just being my own boss and kind of self-directing all of my projects. And then about six months later is when HGTV first got in contact with me and told me they were setting up this YouTube channel. And originally, they brought me on as a the uh, community manager, so I kind of helped set up kind of how the channel was run and Mm -hmm. did all the design work at the beginning. You know, they also brought me on to make videos for them.
0: Is that like a part-time gig or was it like a job job when they brought you on?
1: No, this was a part-time job. I say it's like like half of a full-time job, but I work from home and like everything is over email and phone. Okay. Um, so I only go into their offices are in Tennessee. They'll fly us all out there maybe twice a year, once or mm-hmm. twice a year. But other than that, I do everything here in LA, just working from my apartment. Living the dream, basically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I know a lot of our listeners out there are creatives, whether they want to do graphic design, illustration, or, or something in that realm. And I, I want you to share kind of how you made those connections, right? Like how do you just all of a sudden get connected with HGTV, you know, right? How do you mm-hmm. book jobs as a freelancer?
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of my life has just been being in the right place at the right time and being the right age for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I started my YouTube channel when I was 17, I was a freshman in college. And I started it because I was really big into the Harry Potter community, and a lot of my friends through Harry Potter were starting to vlog. And I also came across John and Hank Green, who had a yeah. channel called The Vlog Brothers. Um, I was super inspired by what all of them were doing, and I wanted to be part of that community. So I started making YouTube videos. And of course, my channel at the beginning, like way back in 2008, was much much different than it is now because YouTube was so much different. There were so mm-hmm. many fewer people doing it. The cameras weren't as good, and so. It kind of evolved through there. You know, I started doing um, graphic design videos because people always say, talk about what you know. And since I was in school for graphic design, I would make videos talking Mm -hmm. about what I knew, which was graphic design. And then I also slowly started incorporating the craft videos, which now is pretty much what I do full time. But doing videos like that, I met uh, John and Hank Green, who gave me a lot of my early freelance work. I basically just started making things for their community, the Nerdfighter community. Mm -hmm. just because I was so inspired by it and because I really looked up to them and I wanted them to know who I was and so I used my skills to design things like uh, this map for this tour that they were going on and they liked my work enough that they started paying me for it and through them kind of giving me credit for the work I was doing for them other YouTubers Mm -hmm. kind of found me and so I kind of became the unofficial YouTuber graphic designer for a couple years at the beginning there because there just weren't a lot of people with graphic design skills skills in the community at that time who were doing freelance work and were also, you know, making videos, people felt like they knew them, um, just Mm -hmm. because the community was so much smaller, like nobody had managers or agents or like a full production team or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And so I feel like I was just really, I mean, I did use my skills, but also I was lucky that I was in the community at that time when it was still growing, and I was meeting all these people who would go on to become very influential in the community, and, you know, known worldwide now and famous, basically. But um, I was kind of there at the beginning, and I feel really lucky that I got to do that. Um, And so then HGTV found me through, actually both my job at Google and through HGTV, they found me through my YouTube videos. Oh, uh, interesting. With uh, the YouTube job, I had designed this thing called the So You Want to Watch YouTube Flowchart, which would have been the summer before my senior year. And one of the designers who worked there, who I later ended up uh, working alongside, just emailed me and was like, We at YouTube, we love this. Can we print it and hang it up? And then I eventually, you know, got to know some of them and I went out Mm -hmm. to the offices to visit. And then when I was a few months out from graduating, they were like, you have graphic design skills. How'd you like to come interview for us? And I had never thought about moving to San Francisco. I always assumed I would just move from, because I grew up in New Jersey, I went to college mm-hmm. in Rhode Island, I assumed I would end up in New York City, but uh, this job opportunity came up, so I interviewed for it, I got the job, and I moved out to San Francisco, and then when the HGTV thing came about, I think they had seen some of my DIY videos, honestly, I'm not exactly sure of mm-hmm. how how they found me, but I think they were looking for DIY YouTubers to bring on board, they found me through my videos, and then at VidCon, uh, they set up a meeting with me, and we all talked, and seemed like we're all on the same page and I've been a huge fan of HGTV like, since yeah. I was in high school. They're one of my favorite brands. So when they emailed me, I was like, yes, I, of course I'll meet with you. I'll do like literally anything you want. <laughs> and luckily, it, like everybody that I work with now um, is great and it's all turned out really well.
0: Let's take a break because I want to tell you about BetterHelp. Have you ever been interested in seeing a professional therapist? Maybe you found that counseling is too expensive, time-consuming, inconvenient, and inaccessible. Well, BetterHelp is a better way to do counseling. BetterHelp is an online website that provides easy, discreet, and affordable access to professional counseling from a licensed therapist. Now you can speak with a licensed therapist online via message, live chat, phone, or video. Lavender Lifestyle listeners get a free trial to BetterHelp, so after you sign up, BetterHelp will match you with one of their 2,000 licensed therapists in 24 hours or less. Get feedback, advice, and guidance from a professional so that you can live your best life. Go to lavendercom slash betterhelp to start your free trial today. The link is also in the show notes. Alright, back to the podcast. That's really great. You know, I think there's a lot of key lessons there that I want to point out because, well, one, you started early in the community. So that's kind of like your advantage, right? I think at this point, it's it's already saturated. So, But that was an advantage. But also the fact that you were designing stuff for the community, and that got their attention. So I think that's something that, you know, if anyone listening is like an aspiring graphic designer or something, and you want to get noticed, just make stuff, put it out there, and make stuff for people, and then it gets people's attention. and Eventually then like maybe they'll hire you or book you for some sort of job.
1: Yeah, I think that's um, a really important point is to make things for something that already has a community surrounding it because then you don't only get the attention of like, one person. You're not mm-hmm. making something super generic and just throwing it out into the void. You're making it for a select group of people, and maybe those people would want to hire you later on.
0: Yeah, and I think also it's about, like, branding yourself, because you you had YouTube videos, and that's how YouTube and HGTV found you. So, yeah, if you're an artist, you you got to put your work out there, right? Yeah, Even I would if, say no yeah. one can
1: hire you if they don't know who you are.
0: Yeah, and it's... It's kind of hard because you can't just have like a portfolio on a website and just leave it there. You kind of have to create content, whether it's videos or Instagram or blog or something, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, even thinking about like if I was, you know, put yourself in the interviewer's position. It's like, think about having a stack of resumes and you go to look some of these people up online to like see if you would vibe with them, actually working with them in person. you have Mm -hmm. no idea who they are, you're probably going to throw it away and go with somebody who has a personality online that you can kind of get to know before taking the risk on hiring them.
0: Yeah, and these days, like you know you're being Googled by everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to do their research on you. So yeah, show your personality, put your work out there. I love that. So I want to ask you, what is the biggest lesson you've learned so far in your career?
1: Honestly, I think you just need to keep making things. That's kind of been, I guess, my secret this whole time is that um, a lot of people, when I tell them that I work from home, they're like, oh, I could never do that. I would get so distracted. And like, maybe that's true for a lot of people, but I always say, like, there's only so much TV you can watch. There's only so much like yeah. goofing off you can do before you're like, well, I guess I should just get back to work, um, especially <laughs> yeah. if you enjoy what you're doing. I have a very like strict to-do list and a very organized calendar. keep everything super organized, so I know what I'm doing every single day for like Mm. the next two weeks out everything Mm. from you know filming a video and editing a video down to going to an appointment or like even like some of the chores I'll put on there like you know I'm gonna spend this morning cleaning the apartment and then I'm gonna get back to editing and so I think it's just keeping yourself organized and keeping yourself accountable for the work that you're doing so if you're not producing work then you're just kind of wasting wasting your life
0: I feel like that too, and I'm not creating. I'm wasting my time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, since you work for yourself, do you set time to like take breaks? Do you take weekends off? Like, what's your, do you work twenty four seven? What's your schedule
1: like? It kind of depends. I yeah, every day is different. Usually, I'll get up at about like seven or eight a.m., which is just kind of natural for me. I've always woken up that early, mm-hmm. and then I'll usually start getting down to work at about nine a.m. and then I'll work through to I don't know five or six. Sometimes if I have a craft project that I just need to, you know, that's kind of repetitive or I'm not going to do the whole thing on camera, I might work on that in the evenings. Mm -hmm. It was crazy for a few years back in like 2014 or so, I was doing two videos a week on my channel, plus a video a week for HGTV. Luckily, I've slowed down a bit. Um, We changed the HGTV schedule. So we're each only posting three videos once a month. And then on my channel, I only do one video instead of two videos. Mm -hmm. So these days, I try to take my evenings off just so I can have a little downtime instead of literally like falling asleep editing every night. And then (laughs) Weekends are tricky because I'm the type of person who, I guess, prefers to do a little bit every day instead of a ton one day and then nothing the Mm. next day, so I usually will work through the weekends. I'll kind of take it at a slower pace, but I'll try to get a couple hours of work in most weekend days.
0: (laughs) Okay, but it sounds like you're going at a reasonable pace where you're not Mm -hmm. overworking yourself, right?
1: Yeah, and if I start feeling burned out, I'll try to schedule in a day to just not do any work.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I always ask, like, I'm wondering if you look to the future, what does your dream life look like? Do you still want to be doing the same thing? What's in the future for Karen Cabot?
1: (laughs) Um, That's something that I've actually been thinking about a lot lately. I'm not sure exactly. Like, I'm pretty good right now with doing the videos that the gig I have with HGTV is great because it basically pays all of my living expenses while only being kind of half of a full-time job, so I still have time for all of my own personal projects. Yeah, I have a couple personal projects that have kind of been on hold for a while just because I have so much day-to-day work that mm. I never quite get back to them which is definitely something I need to work on. Like what?
0: <laughs> what are your personal projects you want to work on? I have
1: this board game that I've been hinting at for Ooh. like years now and I just need to get it finished and I'm on the road it's a, it's a card game I'm, I'm figuring it out but it's a lot of like new kind of production stuff that I'm not familiar with so I'm trying to figure that out. I have a um a mobile game idea which again has like been in my head for a few mm-hmm. years and I just need to sit down and do it so i guess just making time to get to uh all of that ki- all of that stuff
0: yeah that's really interesting i hope you get more time to work on that cuz that that sounds really fun both the game and the mobile mm-hmm. game Mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel that struggle too because I'm making two videos a week for my YouTube channel right now and it, it takes up enough time and and I'm doing this podcast and my side project I want to work on is writing a book but that's like something you have to chip away at slowly yeah. so it's, it's hard to like carve out that time for that I think it's mm-hmm. especially when you organize your schedule
1: and I think it's hard to make time for projects that don't have quite as much instant gratification like yes. with the videos that go out every week It's
0: mm-hmm. like we make
1: them we put them out and then instantly the feedback is there we move on to yeah. the next project it, like it's always exciting it's always mm-hmm. something new whereas with a big project you're kind of it's working on the term. same thing for like months on end and yeah. so that can be a little tougher to kind of get started on. Yeah,
0: definitely. I saw something on your blog. Actually, so I have a Facebook community, the Lavender community, where people share resources. So someone's like shared your don't break the chain calendar, which I think is really cool. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Uh sure. Yeah. That's just something that I started. Actually I got the idea originally from a YouTuber called Charlie McDonald. He has a channel called Charlie is so cool like and he made a vlog back in would have been like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen about using this uh, method of keeping yourself accountable, which I think originated from a TV show, but I'm, I can't remember <laughs> offhand which one it was because it's one that I've never seen, mm-hmm. which is crazy because I know it's like a very like famous one from the 90s. Um, everybody listening is probably like screaming at their computer right now. <laughs> but but anyway, the idea is that you have a year-long calendar and you set yourself a goal of something that you want to do every day. Um, such as exercise, or work on your book, or work on music, or, you know, practice doing something. And then each day that you do it, you X off that day on the calendar, and so eventually you end up with a long chain, and the idea is that it creates this motivation that you don't want to break the chain. Mm -hmm. And so after Charlie made that video about how he uses that method, I just decided to design a PDF um, just to give out for free for people to print that was kind of branded with the Don't Break the Chain title, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like a generic year-long calendar. Yeah, so people can print it out, and a lot of people have uh, have shared it and have used it, and I make a new one every year, and people start asking me about it in like October, and I'm just like... Calm down. I've done it every year. <laughs> I will make a new one. Just like yeah. wait until the end of the year. <laughs> oh, I see.
0: So it's like really popular when the new mm-hmm. year is coming along. Yeah, everyone cool. is always
1: want, like wants to make sure that I'm going to be making one, and that's I'll so just cute. put it out there. As long as people are asking, I will continue to make them.
0: <laughs> Aw, that's really nice of you. So I'll put the link to where our listeners can download that PDF on the blog post and in the show notes. So yeah. Lastly, where can our listeners find you online?
1: Um, you can watch. My- my uh, YouTube videos at youtube.com slash Karen. Uh, Hopefully that link still works. Does that really
0: still work? Just Karen? I
1: think it should still redirect to me. If it doesn't, you can just search for my name, which is Karen Cavett, and uh, my channel will pop up. My Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, pretty much everything is just my name, Karen Cavett, and my Facebook. I've been trying to grow up uh, my Facebook page with re-editing a lot of my DIY videos specifically for Facebook, where it's all Mm -hmm. visual, so you don't need the sound. Uh, So you can watch those at facebook.com slash Karen Cavett. And if you want to see even more of my DIY videos, those are on the HGTV Handmade youtube channel so if you just search for that they'll come up as well
0: awesome and karen kavett is spelled k-a-r-e-n kavett k-a-v-e-t-t so look her up thank you so much for doing this interview karen yeah thanks for having me all right good luck with everything i'll be watching your youtube and learning how to craft
1: all right thanks so much
0: okay bye (laughs) Alright, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps me so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artists of life. Alright, love you all. Bye!